Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. AD. Yo. I'm thrilled. Well, actually, it's a little, I'm thrilled, but then there's something that I read that kind of bothered me. A little bit thrilled because this is the last pre-draft pod that we got to do, brother. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> I feel you on that. But something happened that irked me just a little bit. This is the Believe in 49ers podcast presented by BetOnline.ag on the Believe Podcast Network. He is Super Bowl champion Eric Davis. I'm Rashawn Haylock. Plenty to get to on this show. John Lynch addressed the media for... Pretty much the first time since the combine, um, and so he talked about a lot. So a lot to unpack with that. He he got into defo a little bit. He got into the picks, obviously, and especially that number thirteen pick, which came as a result of the defo trade. He hadn't talked, uh, you know, since the defo trade either. So he had some things to say about him, but he also mentioned some other guys on the roster. Um, that he was both excited about and that he may be looking to move. Uh, so we'll get into that um, as well. But uh, so you can't. I, I, I sometimes I can't help myself, right? Like I'm not. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not like a big believer in these mock drafts um, by no means. But I was watching something the other day, and and it was a mock draft, and it had the Niners taking a wide receiver at thirteen. And a corner at 31. And I okay. was just beside myself. I was like, there's no way this could happen, right? Like, absolutely not. Like, that would be absolutely the the wrong play, uh, in my opinion. But um, that happened, and it, it, it really it, it, it got under my skin a little bit, E.D. I was did like, it? Yeah, did I was it? like, the, of all the scenarios, I think that would probably be the worst-case scenario for me. I don't see. Wow, really? That, no, wait yes. a minute. I, I got to let you continue yeah, to pontificate I, on this one. So I, I, why would that be worst case scenario? I think that's worst case scenario because I don't – well, first of all, we've talked about this at nauseam, right? Like I am wholeheartedly with you in the fact that I, I absolutely don't think you take a corner um, in the first round. So with picks 13 and 31, like a corner of all the positions, I'm not down for Like – I, I I like the big guys up front. If if you can get two big guys, there there's there's a depth at tackle in this draft. Um, there's there's a couple guys on the D line that that you can can nab that that might come your way. And then obviously this is the deepest wide receiver class that we've seen in quite some time, maybe ever. I mean, I, um, and, and so I think one of those like one of those picks has to be a big guy, right? Like like I I can be okay with you taking a receiver, but with one of those other picks, if if in fact you do use both of those picks, one of them got to be a big guy, right? Like I like I I just don't feel like the need is that great and the corners are that good for you to use a first round pick on them. Um, okay, okay, I feel what you're saying. Now, as much as you as as you've heard me say, I wouldn't um, I wouldn't want to. I personally wouldn't draft a corner. Um, or a wide receiver in the first round if I were 
a GM unless I saw something special. Uh, you know, you know, and it has to be otherworldly. You know, one otherworldly issue that you do have to factor in beyond a person's um, physical traits is need. So if I need and this is what we have to ask ourselves. And this is what and this is what John this is what John and Martin Mayhew and everyone else and Kyle and and Robert Sala and everybody else is looking at it. You're going back and forth with everything. Two very simple questions. Do I need a starting corner? Do I need a starting wide receiver? So that, that's what I have to look at. Not that. Not that this is going to be my number one. Not that, you know, they're going to be my wide receiver one. They're going to be my DB one. None. I, do I do I have my starter in the room? Because if I don't have my starter, I got to get it at both positions. If so, so that's what I said. This entire thing is based on how you feel about your previous drafts, your your previous trades, your previous free agent acquisitions. If I don't have if I don't have the guy and, you know, this is leading in this into we're talking about with Spoon and, and, and one of my I'm going already into uh, John Lynch's comment about, you know, this being a make or break year. We all know, know that I don't have a problem with him saying it. Unlike how he said some things earlier about why Cal said some things during the season. I don't have a problem with this because that's a relevant fact based on the fact that Weatherspoon was a starter. He was benched. He was back in the lineup. He was benched. Every spoon knows this. I'm sure that's a conversation they've already had with him, which which is why I'm okay with it. Once you say something like that, when you already know. But if you don't feel like those guys are your starters, you got to get one. So then it's not the wrong move, because because like I said, that's the great thing about this. This team is in position to where they can do whatever they need to do to keep moving forward. It's a good football team. So that's why I wouldn't freak out about it. I told you I'm not. Dude, I will not be rioting in the streets, no matter which direction they go in. That might make me riot. I may be out in, in the streets if, if that's the case, because you, you talk about need. Is there a need at wide receiver? Yes. I, if I'm leaning one way, I'm, I'm leaning yes. There is there is a need, I, I think so. a need at wide receiver. I yeah. don't believe, however, there's a need at corner. I, I don't know that. I, I don't think, know that. I think there. I, I, I mean, if you look into the future, I mean, obviously, a lot of those guys on contract years. A lot of those guys, who knows if they'll be back twenty twenty one. So, at a certain point, yes, you do have to kind of start looking ahead. Um, but as of right now, like I'm comfortable with the guys in that room. I, I don't. I don't think you. I think you have your starters. I'm comfortable with the guys in that room. Like I, I don't think you need to. To. I don't think there's a tremendous need there. I think I, there's a there's a need at wide receiver. I don't think there's a need at corner. Um, third and fifteen. Whoo, man. Third, third and fifteen. Uh, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, your secondary was not where it needed to be across the board at the time it needed to be there. So do you feel so if that's where I'm going back to it? And, you know, we started this all off and I and I said this a long time ago. I thought they needed to make some changes in the secondary. So I'm, we're back now and we've done all our guesswork and everything, but we're back to it. At the end of the day, you need to upgrade um, at the um, 
Uh, you you definitely – and like I said, I'm not sure because you drafted guys that were hurt in the wide receiver room. I've seen your, your, your DBs play. And, yes, I thought bring back Jimmy. We talked about that. I thought you should bring back Jimmy. Um, I, I like Sherm, but remember the whole time I was saying I really want Sherm move to, to safety. move to safety and get a corner. We were talking about Slay. We were, remember all of that? I so remember that. Saying. So that's what I'm saying. I don't have a I don't have an a, an issue with getting a corner because I I not that not that I don't like Spoon. I think Spoon has a talent to get it right. Is in he's got to get it out of his head. We can continue to see what E-Man develops into. I think he has has some talent, and he can play. That doesn't mean you don't need another corner. I, I, I Sherm still has tread. Yes, Sherm can still play. That doesn't mean you don't you, you need another corner. So I'm okay with it. Now you don't you don't have to get him in the first round. And that's my that's this, my point. That's my but, point. But this is but this is the thing. You're not, you're not going to get a starter in the fifth round. You're you're not going to draft a guy. You're just simply not. You're not going to draft a guy in the in the uh, third, fourth, fifth round and say he's my starter. You're not going to do that. So if that's the case, then you don't need one. So that's why I'm going back to it. If you feel like you have a starter, if you don't believe that E Man is your starter moving forward, if you don't believe that Witherspoon is your starter moving forward, which I can tell you right now, John Lynch's comments on this being make or break for for Witherspoon lets me know that they're not certain about E-Man being the starting corner moving forward because Spoon wouldn't get a shot. Yeah, he, he did say he did say Spoon is, is going to get a shot. Um, yes, yes, which means which means they're not certain about who is the starter and if these guys can be the starter um, or it would be one of their jobs and they would be fine with it. So so that's what I'm saying. So back to how it is. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't I'm, I'm, I'm going to trust them. I'm not going to riot. Either way, I'm going to trust them uh, because if you need that, you got to get it. If you need it, if you're if you're truly talking about winning a championship and you're evaluating the talent, this is a very good football team that was almost at a championship level. What do you think can get you over the top? Is that another defensive lineman? Is that another wide receiver, an offensive lineman? What What is it? I, I, you know, so that's that's where we're standing right now, man. Yeah, with, with Spoon, here here's what Lynch said. Um, he said this is a big year for Kilo, no doubt about it. He's got to go show it on the field. I remember drafting him some years ago, and all the qualities we still see. Now he's got to just consistently put it to work. That's something we're going to monitor closely, and we are aware of that situation, and we have a plan, and we're going to execute that plan um when it comes to so when it comes to that and and it comes to spoon getting another chance you think that affects e-man as opposed directly as opposed to sherm oh well yeah it affects e-man it, it, it definitely affects e-man because e-man is the backup so e-man is the backup so let's just say so because you're talking about this draft do you what are the odds that especially if they trade down uh, what are the odds, and they get more picks? What are the odds that they bring in another corner this draft? I, I mean, I, right? I think I think they're going to draft a corner in this draft. Okay, so um, if you bring, so if you draft a corner, they're not drafting someone that they believe can't make their team. They're drafting someone that they believe that they can develop and do whatever. So if you're not the starter, you're always you're always the guy that's battling with the developmental guy. 
Yeah. Always. So whichever one of those guys don't win the spot, um, you are in in that fight. You're in that battle because like because number one, like E Man, you finished off in that spot. You lose that spot. You're now battling with someone else in the potential. And, and what's going to happen? Remember, a backup, a, a backup. You're here so that they can develop you, so that when if you have to hit the field, you are prepared to play. So once you hit the field, and you're prepared to play. Now you gotta you gotta hold on to it because that's the thing about it. It's hard, and that's what that's where spoons at. Once once you are named the starter, I always say this about a backup quarterback. Backup quarterbacks they go in. And they and they play, they play with this relaxed feel uh, because hey, if they play well, guess what? I'm the savior. If you screw up, I'm just the backup. You're you're safe. Once you're but once you're named the starter, and that's why you've seen it in so many situations where you see players go to different teams and all of a sudden they go from this backup role to this starting role, and then it's just not quite the same when the pressure's on. That's a real thing. Because you know now that there is no going back to backing up. That, that's the thing. You're you're done. If because you're so so that's what I'm saying. Whichever guy doesn't do that, they're in that battle. Um, that battle can remain, I think, for E Man because E Man can go out and, like I said, he was the backup. He came in. He played well. If he could battle and still win, he'll have one up on anyone they bring in. If Spoon doesn't win the job, Spoon's gone. Spoon was drafted in the third round. You were drafted to be a starter. You you were drafted with the belief that you could potentially be a starter. Once you're given your opportunity to start, if you can't hold on to that job, then you have no use. And that's it's sad but true. You really you you really have no use. So you have to change yourself because that means you will not be a starting corner. You were drafted with the belief that you could be a starting corner, which means now you have to completely change your mindset and say, I'm going to be a team's guy. I, I am. I am going to wreck shop on teams. And I, that's my role if I want to remain in the league. And that's a hard thing to do when you have that that starter um, mindset. It's, it's a hard thing to do when you've gotten a taste of it. Very hard for players to do. It's one thing if you've never gotten that spot, but once you get out there on the field and you're doing that, it's hard, man, to make that adjustment. So that's that's um, that's how I'm looking at that. So would, let, let, let me make sure I'm hearing this correctly. So you're you're thinking Spoon's going to get a shot once again, and that's going to affect E-Man. If Spoon can't beat out E-Man, then Spoon is likely gone. Is, is that – am I hearing that correctly? Yeah, that's what I think. That, that's what I okay. think. If, if spoon if spoon can't if spoon can't be now that that's going to depend on if they draft guys. If if the room stays the way it is, if you don't bring any more corners in, or if you know it's it's fifth seventh rounds so stuff like that. If you don't bring those guys in, then spoon has an opportunity to he has an opportunity to hang around, and he you know and be the third or the fourth corner. He could do that, but this would probably be his last season. If you bring in a guy that you think can play, and spoon's not starting. He won't be here. He, he won't be here because because he's shown that he can't start. So if you bring in another guy that you believe can come in, if, if they if they draft someone third fourth round that they believe can come in and be their nickel guy or something like that, then you don't then there's no spot for Spoon unless he, unless he's going to be a teams guy because you're not planning on putting him on the field at at the corner position. You 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 cannot make a roster if you don't have a role. You just can't. 
you, you, they don't they don't keep you uh, to hang around just in case. Not on the defensive side of the ball. You don't you don't get to hang around on defense. You have to have a role. So you have to be a starter at the position, or you have to be a key member of the sub packages, or you have to be a starter on teams. You have to be involved in all the special teams, and not just to keep the keep the teams even to have eleven on eleven. You have to be a key contributor on special teams. That's the only that's the only way you make a, a roster in, on defense. So yeah, I I think that's I, I when John says this right here is a make or break season. That's what he means. Is you you got to piss it get off the pot right now, bro? <laughs> That's the game. Yeah, I mean it's it, it it's pretty much. I mean it's come down to that. It, it it's that time for spoon. I for for if they stand pat and they don't trade back, um, them taking a corner with that thirty first pick or even the thirteenth pick for that matter. I, I I mean I don't think there are any corners up there at, at thirteen. At thirty one, though, however, like I just, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know, like I don't know that you. I'm not a fan of reaching for need, and I feel like if one of these picks is used on a corner, I think you'd be reaching for need, and I'd much rather just play my cards with you know trying to get somebody later in the draft, um, or, or picking up somebody up off the street, uh, but, at but, some point but, because right but now. Go ahead, go ahead. Go well, ahead. I mean, if you look at it, right, like, Spoon was a third-round pick. E-Man uh-huh. was undrafted. Sherm was drafted in what round? Like, the fifth or something, right? Like, uh-huh. so. Okay, okay, now, I'm going to tell you right now, don't go comparing guys to Sherm. No, I'm not comparing them to Sherm, but I, I think yeah. my, my my whole point is, like, there's no, like, like Patrick Peterson is a first-round cornerback, right? And you uh-huh, knew yeah, that when special. you saw him play at LSU, right? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I was about to say, yeah. there are no you like to to me that they're they're none of those guys here. Oh this, please, this Akuda, Akuda, Akuda is one of those guys. Yeah, well, he's going to be gone. Yeah, he he's going to Akuda is that type player. Yeah, but um, he I mean you're talking about um, a top five guy, right? He's not going to be there but, at thirteen but, or thirty. But now, but also, but but also we can we're talking about now we're just talking about a first round talent. We're talking about they don't have to be a top five guy. Um, um, the kid from LSU. Is a solid. He will be a solid starter in this league. Um, from from Florida, Henderson. He will be a solid starter in this league. Um, for for that matter, what's his name? Um, um, is it um, Diggs? He, they're, they're these guys are going to be solid starters. So so I'm not. I I don't necessarily have to draft the Hall of Famer, but if I can draft a solid generational guy that's going to come in and hold down this position, and I don't have to worry about it for years. What's if I need that? I, that's fine. If I don't have it on the roster, that's it. Because remember, you got you you drafted Spoon with the belief that he was going to develop into that guy, to where you didn't have to worry about that position for a while. You drafted Spoon. You drafted Spoon. The 49ers drafted Spoon with the same expectations they drafted me, um, at, as with 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 the with the expectations that when we bring you in here we are going to teach you how to play this position and you will be able to hold this position down for years to come and we don't have to worry about replacing our left corner that's that so you drafted spoon with those same expectations you drafted him in a third round you're believing that he can come in and do what other third what Fred Warner is doing doing what what um Navarro Bowman did where you're going to come in, and once you get on this field, you're not going anywhere. 
because we're going to develop you and get you ready to play. And once you hit the field, you're ready to play. There's no, there's no yo-yoing. So that's, that's, that's what's going on right now. If you don't, if you don't, there are other guys out there that have the potential to be developed into solid starters in this draft, especially first round talent. There, and there, there are guys, there are guys that, that um, even second round that will come in. There, there are corners in this draft that there's no way they're going to come in and play. I'm, but when you start talking about, see, I, I, it's, I don't try to do that to guys and compare them to a, a, a Patrick Peterson, compare them to a, a Richard Sherman, compare them to a, a, um, a Revis or something like that, or even numb the early. I'm not going to do that because there's just too much to learn. And nobody, do, do you think, did you think Patrick Peterson was going to be a hell of a player? Absolutely. Yes. 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 Did you did you think Patrick Peterson was going to be the player that he developed into? Heck no. There was no way anybody knew he was going to be that good. He'd have been the first pick of the draft. No, no one knew he was going to be that good. You knew you knew he was special. I mean, there was there was no question. I knew I knew he was special with that size. I just just watching him, a guy that thick, that's that fast, that quick. He had everything like a little guy. I was like, okay, that's not natural. So you know he's gonna he's gonna do something. But you don't know he's just going to be an eraser for a decade. The same with Rivas. It, it was obvious that Rivas was incredible. Just just the quickness that he had and, and just the move. But you you had no idea that he was going to be a technician like he was. I mean, this dude turned this dude this dude did what Aeneas Williams did and just took it next level. So there's there's no way you know that a guy's going to be that way. But now the basic talent that you need to play the position? Yes. Yes. Solid starters. There's seven, eight guys in this draft coming out at the cornerback position right now that can come in and start and learn and learn on the fly and be just fine. So if you don't believe – so it's not a reach. It's not a reach if you need it. Y- yeah, I, yeah, I, I just I, – I, I, don't, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not – I'm just not as high on – these guys to be taken in, in in the first round, like Akuda. Yeah, like I I, I get you with, with Akuda, but I, I just feel like there's no way he's going to be there at thirteen. No, Akuda's not going. Akuda's yeah. not going to be there. But um, but now, but but I'm saying if you moved up, if you did something like that, okay, is that a reach? So let's just say the Niners. Yeah, because what, what I mean, what are you going to have to give? What are you, what are you going to have to give up for? You probably had to give up your thirteen and your thirty-one. Yeah, like for a corner. So if you if you believe if you believe that now so so you say that oh so so let's just, just look at it this way. Okay, let's just say you go up and you get a DB at that position, and I'm just playing hypothetical. Let's just say you moved up, and and I'm just going to throw a Cuda, not saying he's the guy, but if you move up and you had to move up to get a Cuda, and you needed to go from 13 to six or seven, but it cost you. You're 13 and you're 31, and you get Akuda, and Akuda turns into, I, I, I'm I'm gonna say he turns into Merton Hanks for you. Those type stats for you. Was that worth it? If that guy gives you, if that guy gives you four Pro Bowls, a couple of All Pros, and a championship, if he's a part of that, is that worth it? I'd I'd say it's. I'd say it's worth it. Um, then that's, that's but, the end of it. but I mean, but 
There's no but. There's no but. But the, the thing is, you do, the thing is, you just don't know. Like, like. Well, of course you don't. I'm, you don't like, I'm not. Pull, don't I'm not pulling the plug on that trade. Of, of course you don't know it, but I'm just trying to say if if you have a player that has that type potential, and that's all you go on. That's 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 the only the only difference between a guy drafted in the fifth round like Sherm, and a guy drafted in the first round like Patrick Peterson is the organizations, the collective organizations throughout the league belief in this guy's potential. So would, would, would you? Is. So would you make that? Would you make that trade? If I uh, first of all, let let me ask you this question: Do I need? That's the. It's a. It's a bigger question. Do I need a corner? Well, you that's, you you believe that the Niners do need a corner. So if I need a corner, if I need a starting corner, because see, right now I don't know how they feel about it. Because like I say, you you have all your safeties, you have you have everything in place. So that's why that's why we're having this debate right here. I don't know how they feel or whether or not they need them. I said, like I said, I, I wouldn't freak out if they got one, and I told you why. So if, if you like if you felt around. like if you if you're John Lynch and you feel like you need you needed to start a starting corner, you'd be comfortable with trading 13 and 31 to get, let's say, a is there at six or seven. He he falls. You 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 you're pulling the plug on that trade. Me no. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like I'm I'm not. I'm I'm not pulling like I'm I'm not pulling the plug on that trade and 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 also what, because yeah, I think I'll part tell, I'll part of it why. is, is scheme though comes in into a play for me as well like and and by no means am I saying you can just plug and play a guy because it, it does not work that way but do I need like like do I need a Revis like somebody that's that that's just going to shut down that whole entire side of the field if, if I'm playing you know primarily can cover I, three dude can I tell everyone needs a Revis. Every defense and on every defensive coordinator would want to read this. Every defensive coordinator wants a prime sherm. Every because it changes what you do. I yeah, but we talked Sherm- about this with Namdi though, right? He he was a straight up he he locked down one side of the field, right? But he goes to a zone scheme in Philly and he's not as effective. Okay, but but that's that a lot of that also has to do with development of a player. So if I, if so, just just like this, if I tell you if if I literally tell you to play cat coverage. If I if I tell you you're playing cat coverage and that's all you do all day every day year in and year out is it it, it should I fault you for not understanding how to play in space should I fault you for not understanding route concepts and and um you know seeing uh, tendencies when I'm playing in space and in zone coverage I can't because I haven't had you doing it I've I've played in systems I've played in years what dude, dude when I was playing with Pete Carroll. When I when I when I was the the one my last year with the 49ers, um, we had the number one defense in the league. I was number one corner. You know, Pete Carroll was my defensive coordinator. Pete would literally walk in, and so we had all our game tape and all this stuff. Pete would walk in and give me a tape of a guy. This is what I want you to walk. And one of those he'd have first tape. He'd, he'd give me a tape, and it was just that guy press coverage. Then it was that guy when he was when you know when someone was playing him in space and all that. But you watch this guy. So all the other things that I I was already I already knew how to do. But all those other things that were going on, that wasn't my that wasn't what I was studying. I was studying that guy. So if you are if all you are being taught as you develop as a player is to study that guy, you're going to lack in other things. So back to having a guy that can do what Revis does and erase a guy 
or and that's just, I said this about Sherm when he was in Seattle and people were like, oh, he's just a zone corner. I was like, do you guys understand the value? And I always said when they were talking about the safeties that Earl and Cam were the most important guys on that defense. And I said Sherman. I said it then. It's, it's, it's on record. I said Richard Sherman is the most important person on Seattle's defense. Why? Because when you don't have to worry about anything happening on the left side of that field outside the numbers, it allows your safeties to do what those safeties did. When you don't have to worry, when you don't have to worry about giving up the post, giving up the go, because remember, outs and slants, they irritate you. They don't beat you. But when you don't have to worry about giving up the big ball, your safeties can jump stuff and do all of these things and everything. You you heard you you hear how much Merton Hanks loves me. You've talked to him on the phone when we were together. You know why Merton <laughs> loves me? Because Merton knows that when he was jumping tight ends and running backs in the flat and stuff when he was supposed to be in a deep post, you had I back. made that play. Yeah. I made I, I, I could make that play when he felt like, okay, I'm about to steal something. That was a great so show, he, by the way. So if he guesses yeah, it was a good one. But if he guesses <laughs> if he guesses right, guess what? He gets the pick and he's going to the Pro Bowl. If he guesses wrong and they don't throw that and I can't cover the post, guess what? We both get cut. So yeah. that's so so that's why I'm saying you need that guy that can do that. But the earlier question when you were like, would I make that trade? I wouldn't make that trade um, to go up and move up like that because I don't need to. Because as I said before, there are six or seven guys that I can sit at 13. I can get one of those guys to be my starter. There there are guys that can be starters. So I so you know we were talking about Akuda and 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 you were saying overreaching for a guy. I don't think it's a reach if that's it's never a reach if that's your guy. I, especially if it's a need, if you if you need a starting corner and you think this is the best guy for my scheme, it's not a reach. If you don't need him, if the Niners decided in this draft, we're going to trade 30, 31 and 13 and we're going to go up and we are going to get uh, Tua. Number six, <laughs> we, we, we're getting two at number six. See to me, that's a reach. That is absolutely a reach. I, not, I, not, I, doesn't, doesn't I, mean, doesn't I, mean right. that he's not gonna. You know what I'm saying? Doesn't mean that he can't develop into a great quarterback for you. Doesn't mean I love that he will be your quarterback of the future. But, but it's I'm like you don't need him. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's a reach to to go up and get something that you don't need, or to go up to get something that that no one even thinks has the talent to be that guy. Where you where it's an iffy thing. Where because you know what I mean? That right there. I know I'm I'm going all in on that one to, to give this this example, but that's how I view that. And that's a reach right now because the, the Niners, I, I have we've gone back and forth on what you need to do and all this stuff. And I told you what I wouldn't draft and what I wouldn't do and and all this stuff and everything. I I think the Niners are a better football team come this fall if you have a starting wide receiver. Out of this, that's not on your team right now. That you have a starting wide receiver that's not on your team. I think you can survive with the DBs that you have. I wouldn't be upset if you had another DB, but I think you can survive with those. But I would go into this, and as much as I think Rugs has has that thing that the other receivers don't do, so I'm just I'm getting off of my my field and what I would do. If you could get Judy. I'll, I'll be happy with Ruggs, but if you could get Judy, I think that's it because no, he doesn't run a four-two, 
but he does everything else better than everybody else. And on top of that, he's four four. That's plenty fast. Yeah, that 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 is plenty fast. We're gonna get right back into these wide receivers in a sec, but first this. From our title sponsor, betonline.ag, you like the rest of us, right? We're all waiting this thing out at home, but you can still have fun by betting at betonline.ag. No NBA, no NHL, no MLB. What are you going to do? You might think, man, what what can I play? There's nothing to bet on, right? But (laughs) BetOnline still has hundreds of places to wager, including their online casino with poker and blackjack. Love me some blackjack. But sports aren't totally done with. There's still esports. We've seen a lot of esports recently. They're uh-huh. about they're about to have a Kittle was playing in an, in an NHL tournament uh, on on uh, uh, on Twitch against uh, against one of the uh, players from the Nashville Predators. He he was he was he was playing in that. Not sure how that went for him. That was yesterday. Um, you got American Idol. If you're into that, Big Brother, the elections, the spelling bee, and also that seven hundred fifty thousand dollar poker series they're still fun to be had so go to betonline.ag use the promo code mypod100 to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit again that's betonline.ag and use the promo code mypod100 betonline your online wagering experts all right so the Niners picking at 13 right Uh they're picking at 31 um John Lynch says he is open um, and has actually fielded some offers. There's nothing in concrete, though, but um, he, he has actually field, fielded some offers in terms of uh, moving, uh, you know, one or both of these picks. Um, you look at 13, and this is a wide receiver-heavy class, and, and I think we've talked about this, but just going, listening to what, what he had to say, he talked so much about Defoe and having to replace Defoe and uh-huh. so that pick not necessarily going to waste, um, but needing to replace him, and, and that that obviously being a a hole there on that defensive line. Um, but because he said that, and you know how much these these GMs and and these coaches never like to tip their hand because because he said that that was kind of a that was kind of alarming to me in the sense that okay he he. It, it it I took it as okay. He's looking in a different direction. It doesn't mean he's not going to look at that defensive line whatsoever because we talked about it. He's got a track record. He's going to take a big guy in the first round. He's done so every single year that he's been the GM. That's been his track record. But it makes me feel more and more like they're going to go wide receiver there at thirteen. That's just that's just a hunch that 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 I have that they're going to go wide receiver okay. there um, at thirteen and. I think the play is rugs. I think, you think so? I think the play is rugs. I think you're coming off a Super Bowl. That taste is fresh in your mouth. The 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 comp for rugs is a Tyreek Hill. You saw what Tyreek Hill was able to do against you and helping that team beat you in the Super Bowl on on the the grandest of stages. Um, I think that's the play. If if he's there at thirteen, I I think he's the guy. Um, I wouldn't be upset with it uh, if if they took him there at thirteen. People keep talking about these big three. They they say it's Judy. Everybody believes Judy's the consensus number one. 
Um, uh-huh. Actually, you know what? I'll take that back. I, I, I've heard some people say they like Lamb better than Judy. So they, they got Judy, they got C.D. Lamb from Oklahoma. Yeah, and they yeah got, it's like they, those two and then yeah. Ruggs at three. And yeah. then they got Ruggs at three. And then the next couple of guys are, are Justin Jefferson from LSU and, and T. Uh-huh. Higgins uh, from Clemson. Um, and all five, in my opinion, are dynamic. Like, I, I wouldn't be yeah, mad if, if okay. the Niners got either one of those guys. But I think, right, I think at 13, I, I, I think the play – I just I don't know I just got a hunch I, I I just I just see I just feel it going that way that it's rugs there at thirteen after hearing after hearing his comments it, it seems like that's the play. Now I can see going for wide receiver. I'm with you on that. I'm starting to feel more and more like they are going to um they that they are going to do that. Um, but it's as much as I'm saying as I say this out loud, I I just keep thinking. There are a couple of D linemen that could be sitting there. Ken Law, one of them. A lot of people were talking uh-huh. about him. The, the, the yeah, stud from, yeah, from South Carolina. Yeah. And and this, you you look at this team. How has this team gotten good? Big guys. It's the big guys, and and I'm looking at that, and it's like, okay, it to me, you can grab one of those. You you grab a big guy if you're drafting at 13, at 31. Or even moving down, and then give up your thirty-one. You give up your thirty-one if you decide to do that. If you take the thirty-one, you know you can get yourself a wide receiver. You can move into the second round and probably pick up. You can give up that thirty-one and probably pick up a second and a fourth or something like that, and and still get yourself a wide receiver that can come in and play for you. You you can you can you can come you can come because if you don't get CD if you don't get Judy if you don't get Rugs you won't suffer too much if you got Jefferson or if you got Mims. I mean you you, you see what I'm saying? There's still so there are going to be so many other guys that can come in and play. And uh, are and and now you're doing what I said. You're not getting them in the first round. You're you're not wasting first round capital on those guys. You're getting them later in the draft, and you're you're but you're still getting them in positions where you expect them to come in and contribute right now. I think you can do that, and that's 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 why I I don't I I'm just it's it's so hard it's so hard. But I, and I've been going back and forth, and you know, and I've been saying if I'm drafting a guy first round, it's it's all about. You got to be special at those positions. You got to be freak of nature special at wide receiver or DB. But now, what I've done in the last, so now it's draft time. I'm getting out of my own fields because what have I've always said? You scout with your head, not your heart. This is not about how I feel about it and what's going on. You got to look at all the factors that are around. And one of the biggest factors is kind of like the Tua thing. I look at Tua. I watch Tua. They talk about his, his the throws on Tua and. And, and the way he is going to be this guy. And I listen to Trent Dilfer. This guy is going to be a franchise quarterback, and he's a Hall of Famer and all this stuff and everything. Dilfer's done. And, like, and I'm just like, um, um, I, I'm trying to see, what, Joe Namath? That's the last <laughs> That's the last Hall of Fame quarterback. Ken, Ken Stabler, you know? I mean, I got to go back that far. Alabama doesn't produce quarterbacks. You mean AJ McCarron and and uh, Greg McElroy don't do it for Stop you? Stop it! Stop it! They, <laughs> I mean, Alabama they win national championships, and these and I'm not saying these guys aren't poised. I mean, the same with Jalen Hurt. I'm, I, it's, I'm not saying that they don't have poise, they don't have leadership skills, but they don't. It doesn't transfer at the next level. 
and I have to look at some of that. And I'm, and, you know, and and, and I'm, so I'm going back to some of these things too. And I've always said this: if you run a four-two, remember I, I said this once before. We used to sit around me and Tim McDonald and and Merton. We sit around and. Because Pete Carroll loved giving you a guy's stats. He would always give you their combine stats and, and you know, the scouts' um, beliefs on their speed and all this stuff and everything. And we would sit there and be like, okay, I know I know that, you know, the combine said he runs a, a four or five, but, you know, our scouts clocked him, and this is a legit 4-3 guy. This is a 4-3-1 guy, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, he's 4-3-1, um, and he's not all pro. He can't catch. Yeah, this this guy's a four two guy. He four two, four two, and we don't even know about it. Yes, he he either can't catch, he can't run routes, or he doesn't know the offense. So there's something about it. So I'm so back to so this is my thing that I have come the conclusion I've come to with Rugs. Do I believe Rugs is going to be a really good player? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Rugs and Judy have been on the same team for how long together? Uh, three years. Three years. And and Judy has always been better. That I know I've given the discussion, you know, given the argument about opportunity and all of these things and blah 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 and stats. Well, based that, on that's that. that's the thing we talked about that yesterday on the live, uh-huh. and it's it's an interesting concept, right? Where you got two teammates from the same school, same position, and you know, both going to be taken in the first round, going to be taken very high in the first round, and and I guess the knock on Rugs is like he's always been second fiddle to Judy. Um, even though he's a dynamic talent in his own right, there are some uh-huh. uh, there there are some that believe well now is his time to shine because he's up from underneath Judy's shadow, and then there's other people that believe well he you know if if he was always behind Judy, what makes you think that he can be, you know, a, a number one in the league? Um, hey, well you know, and this is a, I think he can be a number one in the league. I just I but this is this is what I believe. So if you have an opportunity, go back to. Judy Ruggs, Niners draft. Yes, get a wide receiver. If you get right, the wide receiver, get Judy, because Judy is, Judy is better. Judy is going to be better. He's going. It's not to say that Ruggs is not going to be a really good player, but who who is going to be who? What Judy has shown working day to day with this guy under the same conditions is that. Even without the four-two, he's the better receiver. But he made it easy. You had the exact same coaching under the exact same conditions during the exact same time with the exact same aspirations. And the other guy was always better. He's better. That that, that 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 right there makes my evaluation. It, it would be one thing if I'm going Judy or Ruggs versus um, Jefferson. Yeah, you, you know what I mean because because I saw you. Yeah, you both played in the SEC, but different coaching, different mindset, different. Uh, you know, every everything is is different outside of the fact that you played in that um in a, in that uh, conference. But those two, so I, I mean, you you. You don't go wrong by getting rugs, but if they are both sitting there, that's one where I'd be like, "Why didn't you get Judy?" Now, after after everything I've said throughout all this time on you know my belief in that four two, but it's like why, why? So I'm going back to why wasn't that four two 
if he's the route runner that everyone says he's not just a one-trick pony, that he is a route runner as well, and I believe he can run routes. Um, he is, you know, that run after the catch. He's a tough guy. He's a smart guy. He's all this stuff and everything. But he has something that the other guy doesn't. Why didn't it turn out better? Why didn't it? Deion Sanders, Deion Sanders, there are things that Deion Sanders could not do. But Deion Sanders had one thing that none of us had. Yeah, he, he, he ran. He had that rocket in his pocket, and there was nothing that anyone could do to combat that quickness. He's the fastest human being I've ever seen on the football field with my own eyes. I've never seen Usain Bolt run. I never saw Usain Bolt run in his prime, and I really wanted to. And I've seen some fast, fast track guys, and I wanted to be on the field and watch him run one day, but I've never got an opportunity to see that before he retired. I have seen Deion Sanders run all out chasing somebody when he screwed something up, and it looked like he was in a different speed in a sitcom than the rest of us on film. He's the fastest human being I, I, I've ever seen. So when you say a 4-2 guy, he utilized that to be better than everybody else, even though there were things he couldn't do. And that's what I see. That's why I'm questioning that pick. Not that I don't think Ruggs is going to be a good guy, but the other guy head-to-head, he's better. So uh, you you mentioned something on the live yesterday about guys who were were teammates. Um, you mentioned Landry and OBJ, right? Teammates at at uh-huh. LSU, both taken in the first round. Um, you go back to to because I was kind of looking at the second guy, right? So you go back uh-huh. to the two thousand and five draft, right? And it was. Cadillac Williams and Ronnie Brown. And Cadillac probably had yeah, the more that. accomplished uh, college career. But Brown was taken ahead of him in the draft. A lot of people thought Ronnie Brown was going to be better. Uh, Brown went second in that draft. Cadillac went fifth uh, in that draft. And then there was the uh, Darren McFadden and, and Felix Jones argument. Um, McFadden, the more accomplished guy. But people really thought Felix Jones, uh, uh, especially uh, – Jerry Jones, he thought Felix Jones was going going to be uh, a stud. Um, so it, it's it's kind of an interesting dynamic, you know. Like like, does it work out? Does does it work out for that 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 number two guy? Um, in some cases it does, and in some cases it doesn't. So and, and from that standpoint, just like the draft, it's it's somewhat of a crapshoot. Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that Ruggs doesn't have those capabilities, right? And, and oh yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. In no way, in no way, am I saying, am I saying this guy can't can't be a solid starter? I told you about that about the, at my little school. Both of the both of the corners, um, you know, Pony and myself, Darren Malone, we both got drafted. We both had good careers in the NFL. Yeah. So so it's not a question that Ruggs is not go- Ruggs is going to be a player. He's he's a good he's a he's a very good Alabama receiver. They prep their guys to be good pros. But and then you just look positions. you look at the you look at the schematic fit though, right? Like Ruggs is mm-hmm. a, like he's a burner, right? So like yeah. at the very least he's going to I told be, you my question with that though. Well, at the very I, I see it is I see it like this. At the very least he's going to be able to take the top off the defense, right? And and yeah, the, and and that to me benefits uh, Debo tremendously 
Um, because Debo is so good with that underneath stuff, and and that that just gives him more freedom, more space uh, to operate. I mean, you, obviously, you know they're not, and and you mentioned it. You're not you're not going down the field on every single play, but if that yeah. guy if that guy is running 30, 40 yards downfield, somebody's got to account for him, right? And and, and that yeah. that's going to that's going to leave some space underneath for Debo to be Debo. That's true, true. But now, can I tell you something else? You do realize that um, that. Um, any of these four four guys, be it Jefferson, be it Mims, be it um, uh, be it Judy, do you know they can take the top off of defense as well? And you know, and you know what really kills when you're taking the top off of defense when you're the type right, route runner where guys don't know where you're going. Uh, you know what? Jer- Jerry Rice killed killed people downfield because everything was so clean, so precise with his routes that you didn't know if he was going downfield. You didn't know if he was going up. So that's why he would just continuously run through people, run through defenses, run through double teams. So that so um, you, we can get enamored by the 4-2. Um, 4-2 is special. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It. I mean, all, all but, I see but, is heart-eye emojis when I hear 4-2. That, yeah, that's that's yeah, it. Four, yeah, 4-2 four, four is special, but, but guess what? They're – how many four-two receivers are there in the NFL? I mean, it's not a lot of them. There, there we go. So that's what I'm saying. And how many how many receivers can take the top off of a defense? How many receivers kill people deep? How many receivers do are you concerned with having to double cover because you know that they can cause you problems? And they don't all run. They don't all run four twos. Odell's not a four-two. You're not going to leave him by himself all day. Julio's not a four-two. You're not going to leave him by himself. You know, um, DeAndre Hopkins is not a four-two. You're not right, going to leave so, him by So, what is it that makes Tyreek Hill so special? Um, well, Tyreek Hill is number one. Tyreek Hill is—he's just fast. That's that's number one. He's he's very very fast. And personally, my opinion is that no one's really hit him. No one's no one's really lined up. And I said this before. When, when, Every, when, at least yeah, eyes can't hit with your hands. Or your hands can't hit with your eyes can't see. Well, guess what? I can see him. He's right, right on the line of scrimmage, and that's when everyone gives him a free release. So I'm just, I'm just saying, I, I just know the defenses, and 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 this is what, if if I were the defensive back coach, and I am playing, my guys are playing against Tyreek Hill, I'm going to tell them to make this the most uncomfortable day he's ever had on a football field. You do not let him run without getting hands on it. You do not don't let him just take off running because he's faster than everyone else. So you say the pressure that he puts on and what makes him so special is that he can get from A to B faster than everyone else. So what I, what am I going to do? I'm going to make certain that there are so many twists and turns. They're going to I'm going to try to get a dead end in the middle of A and B. You're not going to just run a straight line. And you and that's what I'm going to do every single day and that's what happens a lot of times guys are afraid to put their hands on the guy because it's always like, what if you miss? Don't miss. Don't miss. How can I miss? You're standing right in front of me. You stand, you're standing right in front of me. You can only go to the left or the right, and I'm going to let you go. And guess what? And see, this is the thing about playing defensive back. And guys like Sherman and Patrick Peterson, um, you know, Reeves, they understood that. I have time. So with Tariq, Tariq Hill, you're going to do all this. Day. You're not going to run into me. You're going to try to run away from me. So you're either going to the left or to the right. And when you do that, you're going to tell me where you're going to go. And then I'm going to make certain that all that bench pressing and everything that I do, 
that I'm hitting you. I'm harassing you. I'm making it hard on you. I'm going to do all these things because guess what I got? I got D Ford. I got Bosa. I got Armstead. They're about to hit your quarterback in the ear hole. So it's, it's, it's in unison. It's in tandem. That's how we play. That's how we play defense. I don't just let you run down the field. So with all of that being said, there are times where guys are just going to just come up because you're not going to press all the time. So just clean off the field, but you don't have to run a four two to do it. And what, and Tyreek Hills, he's special because he can run different routes. Um, he does have that speed. He can catch. So he's, he's a receiver. He's a receiver. He still doesn't run a lot of intermediate routes or things like that. It's not like he, he kills the route tree. He's this tremendous route runner. So if you had that with that tight speed, now you're killing. But he's just he but that's what makes him special. I mean, he's he's a football player and he's fast. Yeah. So and, he should he should make plays and he does. And, and I say he'll because he he's supposed to be the comp uh, right to to rugs. And if if that's the case, right, like that dimension to your offense I think makes your offense that much greater. Like, and, and not to take anything away from Patrick Mahomes and, and, and what he's done, because he, he's been phenomenal and he's deserved every single accolade uh, that he's gotten. But but Hill is a, a a game changer for that offense. Like he, he oh, well, like, but so is so is Mahomes. Yeah, so but Mahomes. yeah, yeah, but but he he'll so, so is Mahomes. Yeah, and I'm not trying to take anything away from Mahomes, but but Hill scares you. When, when you step oh, out, yeah. oh, when yeah. you step out onto that field, because you're thinking yeah. at any moment, at any play, like that could be the play, and 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 the one thing that the Niners were able to do, which which had them in in very good shape to win that Super Bowl, is they were able to contain him to a, to a certain extent. But once he got free, I mean, well, you that, saw, well, you saw what happened on that third and fifteen. On that third and fifteen play. You had Tariq Hill line up on um, line up in space, right? Now he gets his opportunity to utilize that speed on a play call that takes forever to develop. And why? And this is the other reason why I'm going to really go. Why that has really gotten me back on um, Judy. This this reason right here, as it pertains to that particular play. That's a long developing play that goes very deep down the field. That's a long, long throw. You have a quarterback that has the arm strength to do that. Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't have the arm to take advantage of a 4-2 guy. Because most deep balls, you, 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 from playing the game, it, it's, it's physics. You've you got to learn the game. It's geometry. Is geometry, is is angles, you, there are physics involved. You start to see once you see the entire matrix. But a major part of that is knowing where a guy's throwing to, where he's going, based on where he is on the field. But that straight go route where a guy's running down the field, that ball is going to come down. The arc of that ball is going to drop it somewhere between 40 and 45 yards. That's that's the average deep ball where it's going to be. That's where that's the spot they're throwing to. That's where they're trying to lead that receiver. That's why. Why do you think they test and see if a guy can run a four 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 five? Because they want to know how quickly can you cover 40, 45 yards. That's that's the that's normally the length of the longest offensive play. Make sense? All right, there, so so there we go. So that's so that's what you're trying to do. So now when you get a guy that's running a four two. That's going to turn into 50, 55, 
and maybe some change, depending on how clean a release that guy gets while that ball's in the air, while that play's developing. Because remember, it's not just the it's not just the the power of the gun where you're testing him in the forty. So he's running as soon as the ball snapped, but the quarterback is going backwards and taking time to set up. So he's releasing this ball, you know, two and a half seconds later. So instead of running a, a forty in in four two, he's getting he's getting an extra two seconds. So you see what I'm saying? So you got to do the math involved and think about how far would Tariq Hill be down the field and can your quarterback actually throw the ball that far? Because if he can't, it's a waste. Because if if this dude is always waiting, you're not going to make plays out of it. You're going to give me a chance. You're going to give me an opportunity to catch up. Because think think about think about when you saw um, Emmanuel Sanders behind defenses and where they should be touchdowns do and I they're not. To, do I have to? <laughs> because, because, because. I mean, think think about it. There were times that, that. How many times did you see guys waiting for the ball on deep balls? Yeah, that 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 that's a real thing. That and and that poses. A real, it's a real thing. That that poses yet another question, which I'll ask you on the other side of the break. But first, this from our sponsor. Angie's list is now Angie, and caring for your home just got easier. Whether you need help with routine maintenance or a dream remodel, Angie makes it easy to see reviews, compare quotes, and connect with top local pros who can get the job done right. Plus, you can see upfront pricing and instantly book hundreds of projects. No phone tag, just the work you need done at a time that works for you. Angie's got your to-do list covered from start to finish. Book your next home project today at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. All right. Of course, we love all of our sponsors here on the Believe in 49ers yes, podcast yes, presented we by do. BetOnline.ag. And so, we love them not only because they pay. We just <laughs> we we love their services. Appreciate all appreciate all of them. Uh with without yes. a doubt. Um so that poses yet another question. Super Bowl champion Eric Davis. I am Rashawn Haylock. We're we're talking about the draft here. We're talking about Henry Ruggs. Um, you mentioned arm talent of Jimmy G and the ability or inability to throw that deep ball. Because of that, does that now negate a player like Ruggs, despite of what everybody else is saying out there in terms of fit and how he may be the best fit, this, that, and the other, does that negate his fit for this team? No, no, I'll tell, no, I'll tell you why. Um, because you still every route, like I said, every route's not going to be down the field. Every route's not going to be that that go route that you're trying to throw the ball 50, 60 yards down the field. Um, you know, like Cole Pepper could do. Randy Moss came into the league and took the league by storm. Why? Because he could just outrun people, and Cole Pepper could throw the ball seventy yards, and he and he. Randy would just go and get it. He could never overthrow Randy, but he could throw the ball. I mean, seriously, it was going 60 yards, 65 yards, and Randy was going to get it. When that hand went up, um, it was curtains. Yeah, so 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 the thing so so does that negate rugs coming? No, because you're still gonna run this offense. Think about it. It's still it's slants, it's curls, it's outs, it's 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 run after the catch. That's Kyle's offense. It's not really push the ball down the field an awful lot. You don't do that. Um, but now, from a defender standpoint, this is the thing that I would know and I would see and I would pay attention to. It's the same when I, you know, um, you 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 might not remember Alexander Wright, um, 
but he played with the Rams and the Raiders. And, and this was a guy that he, he supposedly ran, and he was fast. He supposedly ran a 4-1 at Ooh. his pro day at Auburn. Um, but he could run. There's no question he could run. But you also knew covering him, I knew covering him, that the quarterback can only throw the ball so far. So when we turned and we went on that deep route and we're running, there's I'm looking for the ball. There, there's no way you're going to throw the ball as far as he can run. So you're covering this guy. No, seriously. So you're covering this guy, and that's what I used. To, that's what you do. You you understand a quarterback's arm strength. And we would literally sit in, in the meeting and like, okay, deep ball, look for the ball. I remember a playoff game. We were playing um, um, Chicago, and I think Walsh was the quarterback. Um, and I remember that whole week we were like, you know what? When he throws the ball deep, forget the receiver, find the ball. He he can't overthrow you. He he won't throw the ball over your head. You will be able to get to the ball. And we picked him off. I don't know how many times because because of that fact. If you if you try to throw the ball deep. I'm going to get to the ball. So that's so does it does it negate the usage of that speed? No, because you can still get the ball in his hands. We've seen him at Alabama catch a slant and take it 60. So you still have we've seen Odell Beckham do that in the league. So you you still can utilize the speed, but it's that thinking that you're everyone's thinking and that's what I'm getting at everyone's thinking well if you get a rug if you get that guy now the offense is just going to open up because it's going to stretch the field so far um yeah you you know that, that that you have to account for it but I don't have to worry about it as much if the quarterback can't throw the ball over my head with Patrick Mahomes Tyreek Hill Tyreek can run past me Mahomes can throw it over my head that's different that's that's the weapon that they have, and that's why Tyreek Hill is so effective. That's why I say you you can't take anything away from Patrick Mahomes because Tyreek Hill is not as effective if your quarterback can't throw the ball that far. When you, you look inside that wide receiver room, um, Lynch spoke about it earlier uh, in the week. He, he talked about uh, some guys in that room. Um, he, he hasn't necessarily shut the door on – Dante Pettis yet which I found a little bit uh surprising because I thought his days were probably uh numbered if if not done uh with the 49ers after after kind of what happened uh last year um he, he talked about Trent Taylor and and his belief in him uh he talked about Jalen Hurd and, and and his belief in him as well um so he's he's very optimistic about the guys uh in that room he also mentioned um a player who could be very important come um come come the draft and 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 that's marquis goodwin uh he, he said he is actively shopping marquis goodwin and he thinks he thinks that there's a market out there for him and um, that could play itself. He, Lynch not saying this, but th- this coming from me now. I, I, that could play itself out uh, in the draft at some point. Um, it's normally you know around this time where you know some of these deals start to get done. Uh, wh- what do you think the value is out there for Goodwin in, in terms of like draft stock? Like like is he a guy you can get some draft stock back in? 
Oh, well, yeah. I mean, we look, we've looked at this, and, and you could get later round picks for that because um, this is the thing about Goodwin, regardless. And, and let's just think about this. So let's just say I give you a six-round pick for I give you a fifth or a six-round um, pick for Goodwin. Um, if I'm drafting, and you think about think about the depth of this receiver class and all these guys up here and what's going on and where you think some of these players might be. But once I get down to fifth, sixth round, do I believe that there's a player that can that's that is going to be drafted in the sixth round that can give me more right now than Goodwin, a guy who's been in the league? that understands what it's like to play on Sundays, that, that understands how to prep for it, understands how to, to, to learn an offense that, um, that has I, – I got film on him. I know he – I don't have to wonder or question whether or not his talent can transfer. I, I know what he can do. I can see it. I can evaluate it, and I can pencil that into my offense. Um, is there a guy in the sixth round that I feel that comfortable with? So that's why I say, yeah, that, that's that's there. If you need that guy right now, I need I need a third guy. I need a fourth guy. You know, that's that's what I'm looking at, and I'm trying to see can I get a guy that can that can work there. If I'm if I'm Tampa Bay, so if, if I'm Tampa Bay, I got Tom Brady. I just went and got Gronk. Um, I know I got my my two receivers. I got my one and two, but Tom Brady has made all of his money throwing between the hashes. Do I need? I I got. I kind of think it's important to get a guy that can work between the hashes. Okay, I don't see somebody that fits. I think this guy could possibly do what I need him to do between the hashes. I'll I'll give you a six four. I'll give you a fifth four. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That's, that's why I think there could be something there because you you when you get a you get a coach like Arians, a veteran like I, I'm going to come in. I need a guy to have a certain IQ because I need him to get this right now. And think about this season. This season. I don't have as much time with my players. The OTAs are going to be different. You, you, you see what I'm saying? The learning cu- curve has to be smaller. So there are so many factors that could play into people wanting to um, give up draft selections for proven players. Um, I I think that I was surprised by that. I I didn't. I mean, I didn't really know how much. Well, I'm you didn't think there was a market for him? Not really. No. In all honesty. I mean, he's he's a he he's he's a fast guy, obviously track guy. Uh-huh. Um, but I mean, you look at the production, and you know, it it just hadn't really been there. And he, he's been but, like, but, but think about it's, this. it's long think enough for a, a large sample size. You know what I mean? Like we've but, seen a lot. Oh, but think about this. Okay, you now you've seen a lot here, so that means that his time has run out here. How many guys, dude? Tannehill, Tannehill just got paid. Think about that. Tannehill just got paid. You had a very large sample size of Tannehill in Miami. And he goes out and then with just a short little short little bit, um, he gets a new contract because he had he had a good season. Um it that's how every coach thinks that he can get something out of a guy that the other coach didn't get out of a guy. You, remember, you're dealing with alphas, dude. You deal with alpha males, and they all think that they are smarter than the other guy. Every player thinks he's better than the other player. Every coach thinks he's better than the other coach. That's that's just how it is. All these coaches will sit here and they'll talk about uh, Belichick and all of this stuff and everything. I guarantee you, when they're at home, 
looking in the mirror, they're telling themselves, I'm better than Belichick. Yeah, yeah. None of them believe he's better. Yeah. Like that's that's not how that's not how football players and coaches are wired. You're dealing with alphas. So you so you've had that sample size. Remember, it's a sample size, not of some free agent rookie that's been on the scout team. This is a sample size of an NFL veteran, seven, eight year veteran. He's been in the league. You just used him incorrectly. That's what people think. Yeah. That's 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 seriously what they think. Like you, you used him incorrectly, so I can get him, and I can go to. That's why you see guys go to places they don't play well, they end up somewhere else because of the tell. I said it about Spoon. If Spoon doesn't work out in for the 49ers, his career's not over. It's not at all. He'll go somewhere else and he'll have an opportunity because he has talent, and there and and that that talent has kept him in the league a certain amount of time. It's even got him on on the field as a starter. So you don't get that opportunity if you're void of talent. So other guys are going to say, well, you utilized it incorrectly. You couldn't get through to him. We're going to give you another opportunity. Now, you eventually run out of opportunities. But it wouldn't shock me if someone says, yes, I, I'll, I will give you that because I I have a proven commodity Um that could potentially do better as opposed to going and just working directly with a rookie. And I don't know, you know, what he's going to be like, I guess I really, I don't, I don't know if a rookie's going to learn my playbook. I, I just, I just don't, I don't know if a rookie's going to learn the playbook. That's a, that's a, that's a real thing. That That's a real thing. I played with a guy. I played with a, with a particular player um, um, named Damian Richardson. Damian Richardson is now a surgeon. Um, he's oh, wow. a rocket scientist. He was an astro, astro, um, physicist, physicist, physicist. That's, that's what, that's, he, that's what he studied in, um, studied to be in college. Once, um, once he got his degree in aeronautical engineering, um, he then decided he wanted to, so this, he then decided he wanted to go into medicine and I believe he's a surgeon now. Um, so the guy, so so we're not talking about a guy who's lacking intelligence. Guess what? Damien couldn't do his rookie year; had the hardest time doing. Learning his effing playbook. No kidding. Had the hardest time not confusing things and mixing things up, and because a lot of it is similar and it's, and it's situational, and you'll do this if this happened, and if this happens, then you go there, and if this, if this, um. If this uh, personnel is in, then you go here. And if they're in this formation, you go there. He had a hard time with it and couldn't get on the field because he would he would miss calls. Wow. And so so that's what so that's what I say. It's a real thing that guys some guys have a harder time learning a playbook. And and I think there was there was nobody who thought Lemon Tree was dumb. We all knew Lemon Tree was smart. He's probably the smartest guy walking through the. I mean, from an intelligence standpoint, it's smart. I hate using the word smart. There's so many things are smart, but intel- from an intelligence standpoint, he was he was one of the, the the most intelligent guys walking through the building. But he had difficulty learning the playbook, and and that's so so that's so back to a good one, a veteran. You don't stay in the league if you can't learn the playbook. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. You don't keep making you don't keep making an offensive room if you can't learn the offensive playbook. So that right there tells me if I'm if I'm a coach, I need a guy to come in right now. 
And, and I just use that to, because that's an easy one with Brady and Tampa. I need a guy to come in right now and learn the slot, which is very important. That's a very important position in Bruce Arians' offense where he, t- he took – remember, he took Fitzgerald uh, from outside and put him inside. Remember he moved Larry into the slot? Yeah. That's, that's, that's very important in Arians. So Arians might be like, wait a minute, I need a guy to do that. He's not on my squad right now. I don't know if I'm going to trust a rookie to do it. So there we go. You go. You go to a veteran. You could possibly get a pick in a situation like that. Just, just giving you a scenario. All right. Feel, let, feel let's, free to stop let, me because you know I'll, I'll run my mouth forever. Let, so we're gonna go over some scenarios right now, okay. and you, you just give me your hunch. I'll, I'll ask you a question. You just give me your hunch. Um, will the Niners keep the thirteenth pick? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, I. Yeah, I, I think they do keep the thirteenth pick. Uh, what about the thirty-first pick? Will the Niners keep the thirty-first pick? No. They will not keep the thirty-first pick. No, uh, I don't think the Niners. I don't think they will. Reason being, um, I think the Niners understand that there are a lot, a lot of first-round graded talent. There's a ton of first-round graded talent in this year's draft, more than the 32 picks. I think you have, which is unusual. I think in this draft, because normally you don't even have 32 guys with a first-round grade. That's why they always talk about somebody reaching. I don't think there'll be a there won't be a, a single person drafted in the first round that someone's going to say um, they shouldn't be drafted in the first round. Uh, or other teams didn't have them graded as a first rounder, and you're going to get guys drafted in the second round that teams are going to say that's a steal because he has a first round grade. That's going to happen. So since you are the Niners and you understand that, you can get extra picks and still get a guy that you know is ready to come in and play for you right now in the second round. Um, I think they keep the 31st pick. Uh, I think they keep them both. Um, okay. Of of these first round picks, well, thirteen for you. Um, you think they'll probably trade the thirty first pick? Uh, will they take a wide right receiver at thirteen? Oh boy! I'm going to say no, and the reason I'm going to say no is because that's not what John Lynch does, and. I believe that he is a strong build through your philosophy guy, and that's not what he's shown me to be his philosophy. I say no. I say yes. If Ruggs is there, he takes him. Um, okay. Will there? So what, is, so what if Ruggs isn't there? If Ruggs isn't there, no, he's not taking him. So, he, he, so if Rugs is if Rugs, so you're saying he either picks he selects Rugs or no wide receiver at all in the first round? Yeah, yep. I think he takes Rugs or no wide receiver at all in the first round. Okay. Um, blockbuster. Will John Lynch perform some sort of magic? Will something be pulled out of the hat? Um, not necessarily the first day of the draft, but before this draft weekend ends, will there be some sort of 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 big time trade made by Lynch? Um, yes. 
Yes, because you have rooms where you have players that that are expendable somewhat. You have wide receivers that you could trade. You could end up – this is one that I, we haven't discussed, but there's nothing to say that you won't trade Spoon. Like, like you said, he has talent, and there are people that know he has talent. And um, the Niners weren't the only one that had him rated the way they had him rated. Um, and there are a lot of teams, as we just discussed, that believe they're smarter in coaching a guy than you've been, and I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, that that's a, that's a name that could possibly – that no one would be expecting – that's a name that could possibly end up in other colors for graphics. Yeah, I'm with you there. I I think if that's funny. I was just thinking about Spoon. If going back to my previous answer, if Rugs isn't there and they're not, if Rugs isn't there, they're not taking a wide receiver in the first round. I think that pick uh, absolutely could be traded. Um, and I wouldn't doubt if it would be uh, if it would be Spoon or or someone else. Um, speaking of trades. Uh, will Marquise Goodwin still be a 49er once this draft ends? Hmm. Wow. Wow. Mar- will Marquise Goodwin be? Um, no, because the GM has put out that he's actively seeking to trade him. Uh, so I think he's going to trade him. Yeah, I think the time to trade him is now. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I think he's gone. Um, number of draft picks for the Niners in this draft. Once once this draft is over, how many picks will they have? They enter this draft with seven. How many picks will they end up with? Um. Wow, well, how many how many actual picks will they make? Yeah. Seven. Seven. You think so? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't. I don't. I, don't I, I think. I think if they do any moving and they get in, I don't think they're going to end up with a bunch of extra picks. I think they may give away some if they have to with a player or something and give away later picks to move up. I think they may do that. Yeah, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. And Lynch mentioned this the other day. He would like more picks. Um. So I would say maybe adds one more. I, I I go eight, maybe nine. Okay. Eight, maybe nine. Not ten though. He was specific about that. Uh, if Isaiah Simmons is there at thirteen, do you take him? Isaiah Simmons, of course, the freak from oh, yeah. Clemson, the linebacker, yeah. safety, corner, runs a four. Was it four two, four three? Yeah. Um, if he's there, if he is there, if he is there at thirteen, and um they don't take him, then I may riot. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I may riot. Oh, caveat to that. What position is he in your eyes? Is he a, is he a safety? Is he a linebacker? Is he an in? Like, where, like where, where is he going to get the majority of his snaps if you draft him? I'm going to start him off. I'm going to start him off working him at the, um, at the safety position. Okay. I'm going to start him off working him at the station position because I can put him in space and I can use him in all my nickel and dime packages. Because really, your nickel back is is um, if, if in your substitution package, what the nickel back basically is is, is your he's a he's a backer. He becomes he becomes your strong side backer in your in your sub packages. So I I have this guy and he'll kind of be he'll be playing in space. Um, in the game right now, you're really a linebacker, so he can steal. I got a guy that's accustomed to taking on a box 
A block, I mean the, the A gap, the B gap, making those tackles, taking on linemen. Um, I can blitz him. I can do all of those things. He's accustomed to doing all of that. So imagine having that at your nickel position, a guy with that size, but he's still able to cover guys in space. So I would start him off there. Um, much like, uh, it, it's funny, much that's, that's um, you remember Lee Woodall? Lee Woodall. Yeah, I remember yeah. Lee Woodall. Lee, Lee Woodall, Lee Woodall um, was a safety. He was a safety coming out. He was a safety. He started off in working with us in the secondary, uh, learning the strong safety position and everything. But as he as he grew, they they put him at you know he was just a big dude. So they put him at the outside linebacker position, wow. and that's the same thing I would do with this guy. He's so now a... I got. Go ahead. No, keep going. Keep going. No, no. So I'm saying so I have a guy that understands. He understands everything that's happening in the secondary behind him. Um. But he's also a part of the front, and he knows that, and I can utilize him in, in that way. So now I got a guy who's actually longer, faster than a Lee Woodall, capable of playing playing over a tight end, playing with linemen, but still covering out in space. I mean, that's a, that's a wild card, of, you know, like crazy. Yeah, I – He's a very interesting case study because the, you read about him or you watch, you know, people talk about him and you're going to get different answers, right? Like some people say, like in, in your, like what you just laid out, uh, you'd start him at safety. Others say um, they identify him as a linebacker, you know, purely um, and mm-hmm. with the ability to, you know, kind of move around and, and do some different things, maybe play a little bit of coverage or whatever. So it's. It's very interesting. He's a very interesting case study. Um, that said, um, if he's there at thirteen, um, yeah, I, I think that's just too hard to pass up. It's just too hard to pass up, and you find a way. Yeah, yeah you find a way. Like freaks like that don't come around uh, often, and and you find a way to allow him to be as successful and productive in your scheme as he can possibly be. Exactly. It's Derwin James, man. That's what I'm saying. That, that's where people were talking about the Chargers drafting him. I was like, that makes no sense because they already have him. Yeah. If, if you Derwin James is that type size and speed and everything. That's that's who you have. And you saw the immediate impact this kid came in. I mean, he's first team all pro as a rookie because of just that. You can you can put him in space. He can tackle. He can take on linemen. I mean, he's he's just a big, strong, fast, wiry, quick dude. And when and and it's just it's different. It's different. And you find you find a way to get that on the field because if you get it on the field, it'll make plays. He will make plays. Um, who is if there's aside from Simmons, if there's one player in this draft that's staring you in the face at thirteen. Who who is that player that that you would take? Oh, I I just told you. That, I mean, really, that's that's the one. I mean, there there's no one else. Um, you know, defensively is Simmons. Offensively, it's so hard because with those wide receivers. Well, you said you said Judy uh, earlier. I, I, think I said Judy. Yeah. That's it. Um. Oh, you know what? Uh, what's the the D lineman from um Auburn? Uh, what's his oh, name? Oh, uh, Derek Brown. Yeah, if Brown if Brown drops, if Brown was sitting there, I'm like, I'm sorry, all bets off. Yeah, you, because you because you just replaced Default. Okay, he's uh, yeah, he it, very interesting if he's there. I, I I don't know. It seems like I don't know. People have him all over the first round. 
I've, I've seen him all over the first round, depending on who's the writer and, and who you're reading. I've seen him I've seen him high, mid, and late first round, um, which is very interesting. Uh, if there's a player... Or, 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 or Joe Burrow. <laughs> Joe Burrow. <laughs> I'm saying if, Bur- if Burrow was there, no, I drafted. I'll say if, if Burrow was there, if, if something happened, some news got out, it's, it's the um, Aaron Rodgers thing, and everyone's expecting this guy to go. He could possibly go one. Remember what happened to Aaron Rodgers? Dude, he fell he could possibly all, go. Yeah. And, and yeah, if that, if that were to happen... I, if, if if he's sitting there, I draft him. I would draft him. Why? Because the next, you know, how many draft picks you're gonna you're gonna gain from that. Yeah. Not to mention he could possibly play. He could end up being your quarterback. Not to mention that. But if you decide, it's the Belichick thing, man. You you get you draft quarterbacks, especially if you have an opportunity to draft a good one. You you get him because you can always flip that into more players. So yeah, I mean, so so I would I would do that if he slid. The other quarterbacks I wouldn't grab, but that's the one that if he slipped, he's supposed to go first. Um, Chase Young could go first, and then then it's going to be like okay, you know what's going to happen and and what's going on. But if something crazy like that, like the Aaron Rodgers draft, happened, then I would I would grab him. So that that would be that that guy right there. So and instead of Instead of um, Brown, I would go Burroughs or I'd, I don't know, maybe Brown. But there we go. Don't uh, don't let me keep talking, man. For me, it's probably uh, Makai Becton. Dude is just mm. a freak from from Louisville. He's got mm-hmm. ginormous size, um, offensive tackle. Uh, you know, who never know? He could be the the heir apparent to. Um, to Joe Staley, I think if he's there at thirteen, um, of all of all the tackles, and this is a very very tackle, at least at the top, it, it's very tackle heavy. Uh, this yeah. class is um, of, of all those guys. I think if he's there, staring me at thirteen, um, I got to take him. I, I t- over all the receivers, uh, even even over over Kinlaw, the defensive lineman. Um, heck, even 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 over Simmons, probably. Uh, I'm probably gonna take Becton. Um, the the offensive lineman from from Louisville. Uh, what else do we got here? Who do you reach for? Who do you or or, or move up for? There, if there's a player, you see a window, you can move up for him. Who is that player? Uh, they won't be there. See, see, my I, my dreams are too big. It'd be like Chase Young. Chase Young. If Chase Young, if Chase Young made it, if Chase Young made it past. Number three, I'd have to start considering it. Really, really. If if the fourth pick, if the fourth pick of the draft was coming up, and Chase Young is still on the board, I give you my. I would give you my my two ones. Your two ones. So so you but, so you're saying if you're the Giants, right? If you're the Giants, you're picking fourth, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and Chase Young is still on the board. And they want because yes, yes, and I'm sure that Gettleman wants an offensive lineman, so I could go to Gettleman and say, "Look, I I need this. I'll give you 13 because you'll still be able to get yourself an offensive lineman at 13, and you still may be able you you may be able to give some and, and move up a little bit, go from 13 and move back up because you can give someone your 31. Yeah, so you still may be able to do that because you you know what I mean. 
That, get, that so gives I you would, a lot I of, would, lot of I would have to consider it, man. I would have to consider getting Chase Young. Because, if, I, I mean, dude, if you get Chase and Joey on the edge for the next five, six years, come on, man. Yeah, Think about that. Yeah, I mean, you, you'd have... You're, you're going to mess around and have, have a front like the like Pittsburgh had in the 70s. <laughs> I'm serious, man. I'm serious. Think about it. If you get those two with the big boys that you already have inside, I, I, that's... Come on. I guarantee you you're going to have Pro Bowl um, defensive backs coming out of... Um, <laughs> com- coming out. I guarantee you. Um, yeah, you're 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 starting to sell me on on this Chase Young thing. Um, but for right now, I'll I'll, I'll stand pat. I, I'd say there's probably no one I would I would trade up for. Uh, that young possibility though does sound um very good. You are you are starting to starting to sell me on that a little bit. But for right now, I I'd say I I'd stand pat. I'd stand pat. I don't think there's anybody I'd trade up for. Um, I think thirteen is, is 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 a pretty good spot. Uh, all right. So, how does how does this end? Um, once first round of the draft is Thursday night, right? How how does this end? How what what does the end of the night look like for the Niners? Once once they start to break down the first round and start looking towards you know the next night with 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 the next couple of rounds, um, what are people going to be talking about about the Niners? Oh, well, you know, the, all this, well, first of all, all the discussions are going to be about the selections. So we're going to we're going to we're going to see. And the conversation completely shifts because um, you now know what the Niners feel are their needs moving forward, as opposed to the speculation, because everyone went through the went after the Super Bowl. Well, you need this. You need a receiver. You need you need to get uh, DBs. You need to do this. You need so now we will know what they think they need moving forward. So which in itself is going to change the conversation um, because you and I that's what we've been waiting on. We've been waiting to see where they're going and what they're going to do because now it tells us how they feel about the development of guys. Got we're, the the questions that we have about her. You know, or the questions that we have about E-Man or Spoon or, or any of these things or, or Pettis or all these guys, they're going to get answered. So that's so. So I think the, the, conver- the conversation now gets out of the hypothetical. You feel me? I feel you. I feel you. Um, to that point, Lynch has mentioned DJ Jones as a player he likes a lot on that defensive line and – he feels like he's a guy who can come in and and have an impact uh with with Defoe now being gone i don't know if this is like if he's blo- like i don't i don't know how much of this to believe like i don't know if he really feels that way about dj if the organization is really that high on him or if this is just some pre-draft jargon to kind of joggle the minds of you know some GMs around the league, um, so I I think I think that will tell I think I think that the fact that 
you know, if he does go defensive line, I, I think that will kind of maybe answer that question as well. I think once this thing is is said and done um, on Thursday night, they will be talking about John Lynch and um, how he's been able to take a couple of impactful guys in this draft. Um, I think he keeps both of the picks. Um, I think he ends up with a big guy and a perimeter guy. So I'll say a wide receiver and either a D lineman or O lineman. Um, and then he'll start to make some noise maybe on the second and third night in terms of, you know, making some trades to get into, you know, those middle rounds um, potentially. But uh, I think he stands pat with both of those picks. And I think they're two guys that you would hope could come in and make make an immediate impact. Um that's just kind of how I see this thing playing out. Oh, okay. So we'll see. Okay. It'll... Yeah, we'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm glad it's here. I'm glad it's here, so we can, as you said, we can stop. Um, so we can advance this conversation yeah. forward because talk about some real now, stuff. Now, yeah, we can, we can finally start after, after tomorrow. We can finally start talking about this season because now we will know what we're playing with. We're, yeah, we're playing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. It's going to be an interesting night because there are, you know, so many scenarios, um, including the Niners moving up, which no one has talked about. No one has talked about them moving well, up. Every, uh, yeah, except for us. Uh, everyone, as it relates to the Niners, have, have talked about them moving back and, and trying to acquire more assets. No one has talked about them moving up. So if that, of course, if that in fact does happen. Uh, that will be, you know, a, a blockbuster of sorts in its own right. Um, so that things are going to get very, very interesting. Uh, hopefully it all works out for those guys. Um, before we get out of here, we, we talked about it a little bit yesterday, uh, on the live. Um, the NFL had a mock draft. And could you imagine if this happens <laughs> tomorrow night or <laughs> one of the other nights where, Somebody forgot to mute, and so you heard these two other teams conversing about, you know, whatever picks it was that, that they were trying to make or if they were trying to make a trade, this, that, or the other. It was a mock draft, obviously, so I don't think there's too much to be gained from their conversation, but there are going to be real conversations that need to be had. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. And, and if, if somebody forgets to hit the mute button, change up the entire game because you're doing this whole virtual draft thing and uh i don't know that that thing's going to be interesting it's going to be interesting to see how that entire thing plays out and what uh what type of hiccups there are if any um that 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 come across i think that is musty tv in its own right because it's you know so much of it has to depend upon you know technology um so i, I don't know we'll see that i think that part's gonna be yeah interesting. well Someone will get fired because they forgot to press <laughs> mute. Someone will get over over two hundred selections. Someone will get fired, um, and someone will drop an f bomb on live television. Yeah, I think yeah, it may be maybe a good thing for the networks to go to that uh, maybe a thirty second delay, maybe even a minute delay. Yeah, 30? 30 <laughs> second delay. <laughs> you know, I I can tell you right now they won't do that because they're already mad that Twitter's out there. Yeah, you know, they, yeah, they, yeah. They, they want they want to make certain that they get the announcement out, out first. there first. So they're not so that's that's part of the reason why they won't delay that much because they are so concerned. The NFL is so concerned with what the public thinks. Speaking of that, that it's so funny. The WNBA had a draft last week, and they had to do a virtual draft also, right? 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm watching the draft on the app on my phone, and before and so I'm watching the programming. But right right underneath the programming, they have like a list of all the draft picks and all that stuff. So the pick wasn't in on TV yet, but the pick was in on the app underneath in terms of you know with that particular team uh <laughs> with that particular team pick so the guys on tv um they're still trying to figure it out they're like oh okay they go with this player here they go with this player here meanwhile the pick was already in i thought that was hilarious and there could be some of that on uh on thursday night as well just like yeah you absolutely just yeah um, absolutely that's gonna happen yeah so we we shall see my man but uh this is uh it's finally here our our final pre-draft special is in the books um, quarantine week. Where are we at? Week five now. I, I want to say knows, uh, it's it's yeah. But today is Wednesday, so we do know that for sure. Um, but yeah, so this has been fun. Hopefully, you guys enjoy this. Hopefully, there's something to be gained from this, and uh, we'll be back to break it all down for you, of course, uh, next week once all these picks are in, and we'll be able to talk about maybe the brilliance of John Lynch uh, or something that maybe went wrong. Maybe they missed or so. But, of course, we're going to we're gonna remain optimistic uh, on mm-hmm. this end um, and, and, and believe in the front office, as my man E.D. Uh, always likes to say. So You got to. Yeah. So, for Super Bowl champion Eric Davis, I'm Rashawn Haylock. This has been the Believe in 49ers podcast presented by BetOnline.ag. Y'all stay safe, stay inside, and we will see y'all next week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.